here are the two clauses that you need in your contract. She had shown her new logo to a designer friend and asked him to make some changes to the logo. Something that makes me quite sad is designers not giving themselves boundaries because they're new into the game. Hello and welcome back to this very exciting episode of Off Airpod and I just know that this is one that you've all been waiting for because it was your favourite episode of last season which is sharing your nightmare client stories and to top it off even one better we have Abby here returning to the podcast. If you haven't listened to season one of the podcast, um, Abby previously co-hosted season one so go back and listen to that if you haven't already but Hello, Hi. Abby. Welcome back. <laughs> it feels so nice to be back. I've missed yes. this and I've missed our chats as well. So this is lovely. Of course. For anybody that hasn't listened to season one, do you just want to kind of introduce yourself a of bit? Of course. So things have probably changed a little. So I'm going to introduce myself as a brand designer and a YouTuber now. So if some of you don't follow me already, I've got into the YouTube game in the last year um, and it's kind of just taken off. So we're heading in that direction now, but mostly other than YouTube, I do brand design for businesses. I work with an array of businesses from female entrepreneurs to product-based businesses, just basically giving them that standout funky vibe. If you don't follow me, like you'll know that I am addicted to pops of color and just wacky design. So that is just me down to a T. Yes, I love that. <laughs> so before we kind of get into sharing your client stories, I did just want to pop in a little disclaimer that we are not trying to shame clients or shed a bad light on them. It's purely just a kind of lighthearted episode where we chat about some of those moments that we all get to experience as a designer and share our words of advice on how to kind of avoid situations like this. I think pretending that nightmare clients don't exist can be a little bit naive. So it's really important that we share stories like this so that you designers can feel feel less alone. Um, this is the second time we are doing an episode like this. Um, so basically I've asked you lovely people to submit your nightmare stories and we're basically just going to go through and read them out. Um, I've only read through them a tiny bit so I don't really know them. Abby's never seen these before so we're, you know, reacting to these as they come. Um, so without further ado... Abby, do you want to kick it off? Are we with kicking the first it off. One? I just want to say as well before, if you haven't listened to the first one that we did in season one, it yes. honestly, I had tears in my eyes and my cheekbones, so they were aching so much because I was just laughing so much. But yeah, go and listen to that one. Okay, so the first one is the title is I love it, but I'm not working with you again. <laughs> Straight up, I'm not working with you. So, I worked with a client to create a beauty brand. Her mood board gave me mixed signals as half of it was fun and bubbly and half of it was classy and minimal looking. I firstly had the logo approved so that I knew which direction to take. The package included highlight icons and this is where it all went wrong. I gave the girl highlight icons which were bold and stand out just like her logo as this was my advice to match her brand's look. Even though the highlight icons on her board were thin line drawings, if she had said that she still wanted that thin highlight icons, after I sent her my icon idea over, I would have changed them. I'm a pushover like that. However, after a few changes, she said she loved it and approved. The girl and me wrapped up the project and I sent her the files over. She left me a lovely Google review saying I was incredible, accommodating and changed bits to make it perfect, referring to the highlight icons that I made her going by her direction on my style. She said she would use me in the future, I have high standard work and would recommend me and that my communication was great. 
oh god I feel like something's like coming (laughs) a month later she emailed me saying she wanted the highlight icons changing not only that but for free I stated to her that once the project is finalized there is no going back without additional charges as she said to me that because she paid the fee she assumed continue to work together was part of the cost or no (laughs) she also knew she sent me mixed signals as she called it, and understood she is all I have to go off by saying she is happy. She said, I am a great believer in treating people kindly, which I have shown during the process. I think going forward, I will use another graphic designer. Thank you very much for your time. I was absolutely baffled, but also glad to get rid of the red flag. Mm -hmm. I would never dream of approving something to then want something totally different and expect that for free. I believe just because you think your request is kind doesn't mean you're showing respect for someone's time, work and business. Wow. (laughs) First of all, God, this is so hard. So I would probably suggest not doing those little jobs like that I used yeah. to do them, don't get me wrong, like when I first started just to get some extra money, but kind of doing like a whole package now has just benefited me so much more. Yeah. So if you kind of get clients like this that come just for like little things like priceless and you haven't done the branding, I find it so much harder to do that sort of stuff because mm. you don't actually know the brand if you haven't designed it. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, so so did she not design the logo? I think she, she said, I firstly had the logo approved, so I'm not sure oh, if she's okay. done it or not. If she has, I mean, Mm. that's even more frustrating. But if you haven't, yeah, I totally agree. I don't do anything unless I've done the branding. Yeah, It's just one of them things where I'm like, I just don't like to work with other people's work. Yeah. Um, Or especially if they've kind of designed it themselves. Because I like to go back to strategy and blah, blah, blah. But we all know how much I love strategy. (laughs) What is it with clients and changing their mind? It's, it's, It's one of those, like, I don't know whether some clients feel like they can't, say that it's bad or like they don't like the design because they might feel like they're kind of hurting the designer but I personally as a designer I would rather know than Mm -hmm. for them to say sort of things behind my back or go to another designer and say that they hated working with me and it wasn't to what they wanted when in fact they've told me that they love the design like I don't that's the worst thing that I want so whenever I do work with clients I'm like just lay it how it is just don't worry about hurting my feelings like I want to make yes. sure that it's perfect so it's, it's a tricky one because you just you never know if someone's saying something to your face like you don't you don't really know what they're saying behind your back yeah I literally remember I had a client and it was when I first started out um and I worked with her it was kind of a beauty brand as well similar situation and I designed her logo and when she uploaded it onto her page she changed the colors oh god firstly I had no idea how she managed to do it because she didn't have any of the raw files at the time but like why (laughs) I literally sent her a dm and I was like if you wanted to change the colors you should have told me and she was like no no it's fine I was like uh okay then I just things like this I don't really understand I think when you tend to get higher paying clients, I mean, mind you, I say that I've had a situation recently where they completely, they approved all the logos and then completely changed their mind, which was great. Um, but I mean, the whole like expecting it for free thing as oh, well. yeah. That's like, naughty. no, the project is yeah. over. Yeah. And I think as well, kind of laying out your feedback all in one. Like I know personally, my prices have increased quite a bit since I started and I've had some of my previous clients who I literally charged £200 come back to me for like a minor change and it's, it would actually cost them more than they paid for the yeah. branding. And I just get ghosted, which do you know what? I kind of expect. I try to lower my prices ever so slightly for them because I do appreciate that they didn't 
sign on for a high costing designer if that makes sense yeah but they just end up ghosting but like for free i think i think as well with things like that i think it having like a solid process and we've spoken about this before in previous episodes Mm. but even just like if you're sort of doing this communication over dms or whatever your client isn't going to respect you or your time If you move, if, I don't know the situation on this one, if you are doing it sort of over emails or you have a sort of client portal or whatever, um, just sort of tweaking that slightly can help with those situations. But like yeah. I said, I don't know what the situation was, but if it is that, then I recommend doing that. Since I've kind of introduced um, my like Notion portal and like my feedback forms, yeah. again, it's just helped me to level it up an even further step than emails yeah I think it's just finding what process works for you and I mean these things will always happen you just kind of got to take it on the chin and learn from it so this one is called the non-profit and I think instantly that is like this is going to be a juicy one okay right This took place during my senior year of high school. I was the only Graphic Design 2 student in a room of Graphic Design 1 students. And as such, my teacher was more focused on teaching them the basics than new things to me. Occasionally though, as I worked on my stuff, he'd give me smaller projects to work on, like fixing some flyers for the football players. This time, however, it was a client who had reached out to him. He didn't have any time to take anyone on, so he asked if I'd be interested. I of course said yes. He gave them my contact information. It was entirely voluntary, so I wasn't going to be paid for it since it was going towards my volunteer hours for school. She was polite, knew what she wanted, and had a general idea about colours and styles. Her non-profit was a yearly bike rally, and she wanted a Tour de France-styled logo. I honestly think I might still have the mood board I made. Lol. The only problem we had was that every time I sent her sketches, she still wasn't sure we had reached the right right one yet. Oh my goodness, is this another Jesus story? Oh, don't. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody remembers that story, that was literally, I think, one of the best ones. Mm. On and on, revision after revision, new sketch after new sketch, it was honestly really starting to stress me out in my last months of senior year. I was getting burnt out from working on this as well as all my other classwork and working after school. I think that's the reason why I got sick at prom. Stress. And then she ghosted me. Quit responding to my emails. I don't think I heard from her again until about three weeks later and it was to tell me that she'd started working with another designers. I've never worked for free since. Oh. I mean, doing... I know this was like a volunteer and the, the designer knew that it was a voluntary thing, but it's so hard when you design for free because people expect so, so much. And it's like... They don't realise it's for free and they think they can have just revision after revision because there's no cost involved. Whereas if there is a cost involved, then I think the revisions would be slightly less because they know that it's going to cost more. So, oh, that stresses me out knowing that. I know, me too. I think as well, when you have a client that kind of goes into things that know what they want, Mm. it is so much harder. If they come to you and they go, I know what style I want, I know what fonts I want, I know what colours I want, avoid, avoid, avoid. Like, in my opinion. Those sorts of clients that know what they want, send a drawing of what they want, I would probably go and tell them to go to Fiverr and get a designer that can literally just design exactly what they want because that's essentially what the designer would be doing whereas there's us, a big difference are, yeah we design brands we come up with the whole idea and we're not going to sort of take a drawing or do you know what I mean because the client isn't mm-hmm. the designer at the end of the day so exactly mm. like it's like why would you 
have uh i'm trying to think of an, of an example to compare <laughs> oh it to like imagine going into a restaurant right and they put the meal on your table are you going to go into the kitchen and show the chef how to cook it yeah. properly probably not. not no you're not it's just not it's not what you do and you know i think something that i always do so now i've introduced a bit of a brand strategy workshop so it's a one-on-one two-hour session with my client where we go through all the brand strategy and the very, very first thing I say to them is, right, your first task is to get any preconceptions you have about the design and throw them out the window. Yes, you might have made a mood board. Yes, you might think you want to use blue in your logo. Forget it. Because we're going to design based on strategy. Yeah, love that. And ever since I've been doing the workshop process especially, I've just found that my clients turn around and go, how have, how? Like that is yeah. like what I had in my head, but I didn't know how to explain it. And I think that is the hardest part about being a designer is you're kind of expected to read your clients' minds. Yeah, it's hard. So I think when they have such an expectation of what they want, they're going to have a vision of it in your head and you're never going to know what that vision is. So trying yeah. to get to that, you know, correct version of it is going to be so difficult. I think things like this as well... Uh, even though they're horrible at the time, they're actually really useful because now you know, like at the end, the end sentence was, I've never worked for free since. Like now they know, like you're not Mm going to do that again. So I think even though these times are tough, it's, it sort of shapes you and you learn from it. So just remember that when you're going through the hard times, guys. (laughs) I think that happens with every single nightmare client you have, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, you learn from that. I haven't had a single nightmare client Um, or kind of difficult client where I've turned around and not changed something about my process or if something similar has been kind of brewing in the background where I've not just left it like I always notice more red flags now and I pick up on things a lot easier than I would before and especially now I'm so much more confident not that I do it very often at all I I think I've done it once this year Um, I'm so much more confident in terminating contracts when something's not working out yeah whereas before I would have been like no 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 I'll do it for free it's fine it's fine I'll do everything that you want me to do you really learn confidence and boundaries when you have so many of these experiences which I think it's why it's so important for them to kind of happen in a sense definitely okay the next one is titled the nightmare client that kept returning (laughs) I feel like these could be turned into like proper stories I know okay I'm fairly new to freelance. One of my first proper clients asked for a logo suite. At first, she seemed great, was prepared with a brief and inspiration and was not funny about the money aspect at all. After showing her the initial concept, she loved the designs. She just had a few tweaks, one of which was to test a sans serif rather than the serif that I had used. Fair enough. I tested multiple typefaces, but in the end, she decided to stick with the serif. She paid the final instalment, but a week later, she was back in my DMs. She had shown her new logo to a designer friend and asked him to make some changes to the logo I had made for her. All he did was change the serif into a sans. My illustration had not been touched. She then had the cheek to ask me to design her product labels with her friend's version of the logo. I designed the labels for her, all six of them. She then decided she wanted to change the names of her products and 
realized she had given me completely wrong info for the labels. I made these changes, but then she wanted to add two more products to a line, so I made these as well. A month or so later, she decided she no longer wanted opaque labels, but transparent ones. She wanted me to update the designs, but didn't want to pay extra. As a new freelancer, I just did as she asked for free. Another month passed and she DM'd me again. She had a new product and wanted a new label again for free. I was stupid enough to do so. However, after I sent the new label, I told her she would have to pay if she wanted another label done in the future. She said okay, but I haven't heard from her since. Okay. (gasps) So many things in this that we need to to break it down. (laughs) Firstly, I'm going to start by saying here are the two clauses that you need in your contract. And this goes for everybody. Firstly, have a clause in your contract that states that the client is not permitted to work with another designer on the same project at the same time that you are working with them. Mm. This prevents so many situations. For example, something like um, them getting multiple designers to work for them, ending up not paying for them and then picking the one they like the most. It prevents situations like this. You know, it's really, really important to make sure that the client is signed on specifically with you for this specific project. They can't go to anybody else to make changes. It's just as it is. Post the project. Once they've paid you, it's fine. But while you're working together on that one specific project, I would kind of have a clause that just says they're not permitted to work with another designer on the same project. I'm sorry, but can we just... If she went to a new designer... Why did she not get that designer to then do the product labels? Why did she come back yeah. to the original design? I don't get that. I think that. it's because it was a friend. Oh, don't use a friend. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the second clause that you need in your contract is something that states that you're not responsible for misinformation that the client gives you. Yeah. So if they hand you over, I don't know, ingredients for a product label, if they send you the spelling errors, if they send you and it's not correct, that's their problem. You're not responsible for that. They will have to pay extra if they want those changes to be made. Yeah. Especially after they've already gone for print. That is really important. Yeah. I have another clause basically that's separate to that one that says like after things have gone to print, like it's not my problem, um, basically, unless they want to come back and pay more to get things changed. But when you have good relationships with your kind of clients things like that they're like oh yeah my mistake I made a spelling error blah 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 I think it tends to be the slightly um cheaper side of things that tend to as as we've mentioned before the clients that really don't pay a lot expect more um so you know it's this whole thing of like keeping you know working for free not paying for revisions and things like that like no matter if you're a beginner or not you shouldn't be having to work for free for people because you do it once and they're going to expect it forever. That's it. If you continue to do that extra revision or some some other design for free, that's exactly what they're going to expect. Yeah. So from the start, you make sure that if it is in in your sort of contract saying that, right, in this pro, in this branding design, we've got the brand identity, then we've got two product label designs. If it if there's any more, that's when that extra mm-hmm. fee comes. So and that's another thing I always outline the yes. specific deliverables in the contract so that they can't go back. And so then they're clear. Having a solid contract is basically just key in any situation like this. And I think it gives us designers that confidence to say, look, it's in the contract. 
we outlined the brief, I've I told you from the contract that there would mm-hmm. be that extra charge so that they are completely aware of it and not throughout the project they're getting, oh, that's going to be an extra fee, that's going to be extra fee because it makes the client feel a bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to make you feel a bit uncomfortable. So just lay everything out at the start and then there's no hidden costs, there's no nothing. They know yes. exactly what they're going to get. I think something that makes me quite sad and I see this throughout the entire industry is designers not giving themselves boundaries because they're new into the game. Yeah. Or not charging because they've never worked with a client before. It does not matter what your experience level is. Yeah. It matters if you can create a solid brand identity. It matters if you can give them what you're that what they're asking and what they're paying for. Yeah. Just because you're a beginner does not mean you should lower your standards. And I think that is no. so important to stay to say. Like Yes, we all started somewhere, but if you're a new designer, go and charge a thousand pounds for a project. Like, no, there's no rule book to tell you that you're not allowed to do that. So I don't really know where this kind of preconception of, oh, I'm new, so I need to do things for free. Oh, I'm new, so I should just, yeah. you know, let my client walk all over me. Because you shouldn't. And I think if you set the boundaries from the get-go, people are going to respect you. And I think you're probably going to grow quickly as well because you're quickly going to learn what your boundaries are you're going to learn professionalism quite quickly what's your kind of take on that I think it, I think it all comes back to like a confidence thing because mm-hmm. I know when I first started I was not confident with mm. my designs the things I was charging doing revisions for free like I just was not confident and it does trust me it does come over time once yeah, you have worked with really people does. that I've kind of walked away over you and you know you've done stuff for free like you will learn from your mistakes and I know it's such a hard thing to do but trust me it does get a lot easier and you know what as well the reason that I personally didn't have a ton of confidence when I was starting and the reasons that I was I never ever worked for free but I did charge very little yeah the reason for that is because there was nobody around me who was talking about things like this. There was nobody around me that was talking about being a new freelancer. There was nobody around me telling me that it's normal for clients to kind of disrespect you like this and you have to do this in order to help them. Like, which is, again, a reason that I think this podcast, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to do this because, you know, I I want to show new designers in the game that it is possible to kind of reach that level and you don't have to stoop low. Yeah. To get started. I think the title of this one just kind of says it all. And I think we've all been there. You should do a, you should do a competition for like the best title of like oh, the yeah. story. I'm 100%. I love this one. I know. And it is, I could just make this on my phone, you know. And now, are you really a designer if, if you haven't had a client say this to you before? Yeah. The client came as a reference from my brother, but she didn't know I was related to him, so she gave me all the tea, lol. The work itself was easy enough, that's why we wanted to take the job, or why he wanted me to take the job, to get some experience, but the client was a nightmare for him too. When she came to me, she wanted the posts done in her own way, but wasn't willing to let me charge more. Who's surprised here? Okay, so I'm guessing this is like social media posts. So I told her, I'll give you more for a higher price. And she said, no, it's very new. I don't know you well, please charge less. 
so I gave her another offer that changed the exact same, that charged the exact same as my brother had charged her with the same. Okay, right, so I'm guessing your brother and you do the same thing. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. Right, so you and your brother are both designers and he passed on a client to you. Yeah. Right. She just went off and said you're charging too much, even though she had paid the same to him, and that she could make this on her phone. That made my blood boil so much. I mean, go ahead and make it then. Thankfully, she didn't call me back and I didn't bother to get her back. <laughs> That's. I think it's kind of a good thing that you didn't get the work because yep. it's from that, what, what you've just said there is a major red flag and avoid... Yeah. <laughs> never change your offer no that's the oh that's the thing it, it, like our rates are not negotiable we don't go to a bloody wherever and start start hag- haggling on prices like would you do that in a restaurant no would you do that with your hairdresser i don't it i don't ju- get you just, why <laughs> why why do people think that it's acceptable to try and lower your prices like no this is our prices if you don't want it that's and fine. this is your sign, people, to stop working with these people that are price shopping and start working with people who value your work. And yeah. I promise it will start to come. When I started to get the clients through my door that were saying things to me on calls, like, I will pay whatever it takes, I literally had to take a step back and I was like, oh my God, it's happening. Like, people are no longer working with me for my prices. And it's an amazing feeling and I promise you will get there one day. But never lower your prices please 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 just don't do it no you know because once you kind of get to that point and you will because I was the same you'll reach a point in your business where you just kind of put your foot down and you say no no these are my prices and nobody can tell me differently if somebody tells me that I'm expensive I go okay go somewhere else then I'm not the designer for you yeah if you think I'm too expensive you don't see the value in my work so I don't want to work with you if you think I'm too expensive then you're clearly not valuing the goals that you want to reach in your business and they're just not the right client for you either so it it works both ways so just don't just don't lower your prices if you're listening and you've had a client like that avoid And I promise as well, turning down a client and maybe not having work for a couple of weeks is so much better than having to deal with somebody like this. I promise you. And those clients will come. And also, not to mention, if you're charging full price for your services, you don't need to be working with little kind of small projects like this. Yeah. I remember once I was having a conversation with Carly. Obviously, she literally ends up getting a mention in every single one of these episodes. <laughs> I was having a conversation with her and I was like, oh my God, I've not booked a client for this month. I don't have any clients upcoming. I'm really struggling to get inquiries. And she said to me, you just need one. So yeah. you just need one client or, you know, however many you work with per month or whatever. And it becomes so much man- more manageable when you think like that. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you raise those prices, people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just jumping in here. This is post-filming Katie, currently sat here editing this podcast. I just want to throw in a little note that sometimes you will get clients who turn around and they say to you, look, I really want to work with you, but I genuinely can't afford this right now. That is completely fine. I'm not talking about those clients. Sometimes it's good to have the slightly cheaper services um, as long as you're not underselling yourself that 
you know, are within these people's budget. There is nothing wrong with clients who can't afford really expensive services. Um, you know, it's just, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm specifically talking here about those clients that actively bash your prices and call you expensive. And those people on the TikTok comments that call you out for being really expensive when they could do it themselves. They're the kinds of people I'm, I'm talking about here. But if you wanna lower your prices for a client that you really, really wanna work with and they genuinely don't have the budget right now, sometimes it can work in your favor. So just bear that in mind. Okay. The next one is a long one. So if you have food and drink, take a little little sit back in your chair and get ready. So the title is You Think You've Had a Bad Client. Oh, I have. <laughs> Let's go. So you think you've had bad clients. This is where I learned about the beauty of a contract. Thank you, Katie, for making my life easier. You're very welcome. So I'm from California, but in January of 2020, I wanted to find some Spanish clients so that I could move to Madrid to live with my boyfriend. Yeah. In February, I found a luxury social and networking club that wanted to hire me on an 800 euro monthly retainer. That was good. Yeah. At the time, I was like, great. But I also developed a new site for them, was the social media manager, in-house photographer and email specialist. Wow. So I've learned about (laughs) pricing since then. (laughs) Ha ha. On the note of red flags, my boss was the owner's ex-wife and the other man I worked with was the owner's brother who you just know was banging the ex's wife. (laughs) Oh God. It's just, just, yeah. So life was going great for a month until we... until we got locked in our apartment for three months due to COVID. And this is where things started to take a turn. We were in the middle of so many projects that I couldn't just piece out. And so I offered for my retainer to be postponed until they could open again. And then they would start paying me back a percentage along with that month's amount, lol. I am a human. I don't know what to do when the pa- when the pandemic hits. Q June 2020. They open and freak out at how much money had racked up how much money has racked up in those months. I say no problem, we agreed to resume my monthly payment when the club opened again, plus a percentage of the acquired debt. They say, okay, and guess who is still asking to be paid? Let me just add in that in the middle of all of this, the owner of the club asked for a private Zoom call because he wanted me to help him on the branding and website for our separate separate venture, which was a clandestine luxury sex club. Ah, lovely. which would take place at night at the club, but that the other team members slash member of the club shouldn't know about because we don't want to scare off anyone because of oh, COVID. Oh, shady. Oh my God, my heart's beating. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes when I'm having a bad day, I go back and read my notes from that meeting, lol. From summer to fall 2020, I would receive countless phone calls from them screaming, why did you like someone's post? We're exclusive. We don't like people's posts, they like ours. Or I don't care that it's 11 p.m., you work for us and you need to add the word the to the website. Or don't complain that we're not paying you. You should have five other clients. But also, why did you post a picture of you at a restaurant when you should be working on this? Oh my God, my heart breaks. Okay, I wanted to quit, trust me, but... I couldn't risk losing so much money and the contracts they were supposed to provide for me got buried in other tasks. So October 2020, I call for an in-person meeting and bring up how I am bending over backwards 
The brother of the owner takes off his damn mask, he's 50 to 60 years old, by the way, and proceeds to imitate me as if he was a 14-year-old girl pretending to flip his hair, saying, wow, my name's Brooke, and all I care about is money, 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 and I don't care that people struggle because of COVID, and I just want to have my money because money is the only important thing to me. I left the meeting, quit, and still waiting on my 100 euros to hit my account six months later wow i need a a coaster (laughs) i need a sec oh i need to i need to like process everything that's happened why is it always guys that always that they can talk to designers like this the fact not even designers just women the fact that it was in person as well i feel oh my god i don't know what i would have done i i I would not have kept my cool i don't think if if someone was imitating the way that i was talking I I don't even know. I would have just had like an angry explosion yeah. where I would have been crying and then I just would have walked out of the room. But from, Jesus Christ, from the get-go, how you just do people know. have so little respect, respect for designers? Like the expecting you to work at 11pm, complaining that you're out at a restaurant. Oh, sorry, do you not have a life outside of your job? What do people expect? And it's it's business owners that start, have started their own business expect their employees to put in 100% when in fact that's not the case because they don't own the business. You're not going to get yeah. employees that put in 120% like you do as a business owner because it's not their mm-hmm. business at the end and of the day. And also, especially because they're not paying No. Oh my God. And during a pandemic as well. Yeah. Come on. This concept of, oh, all you care about is money. It's like, no, I That's did a how job. I live. Yeah. I expect to be paid for it. I need to pay my bills. It's not that the only thing I care about is money. I'm just not working for free for you. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think there was a big misconception in the fact that so many of these kind of high-end designers, like, expect so much money. Yeah. Like, it's it's not. Like, <laughs> that's what we're worth, honey. <laughs> wow. I... <laughs> I feel like that was a lot. I feel I feel so sorry for this person. Yeah. Like to have to go through all of that during a pandemic. Like that was that's hard. Like yeah. thinking back to last year, like damn, that was hard. And to have someone that you're working for like that, it doesn't help the situation. I just I, I feel like this is definitely going to be one of them stories that you will remember for the rest. Oh of yeah. Your life. <laughs> like we said before, I know I know things like this are so bad, but I think you will learn from this and you will know exactly what to charge from the situation you will know you will see those red flags in people and Mm -hmm. even though it was so awful at the time it this will definitely help I've had so many situations in my business where I've just learned so much from them and I definitely feel like this would be one of those situations I mean to be honest there's not really much advice we can give you because I think you've done everything well, yeah, you quit, you know. which is great. Get out there and bloody run. Yeah. Run a mile. I don't blame you. Yeah. Sometimes that little bit of money is like the 100 euros is just kind of not worth the stress. Yeah. That it's an, it's very under. annoying that there is money that they need to be paid. But at the end of the yeah. day, you got out of there. So as business owners, as women, as designers, we should not be sitting back and kind of letting people take advantage of us like this. And it's so easy as a business owner to not prioritise your kind of mental health, your kind of self-care, taking time back. And this is something I've learned hugely over this past year because I was working myself to death. And I said, you know what? I'm not 
in the business that I want to be in. Like, Mm -hmm. I signed on to be a designer so that I could do what I love and have more free time. And since I've kind of got into that mentality, I've raised my prices, I'm taking on less clients, and I'm absolutely loving life. Yeah. Like, I take days off a week. If I need to pop to town in the middle of my working day, I do that, and I still get everything done. You know, create the business that you want. So, last year, I thought it would be easier to book clients if I allowed them to put a service in the basket and order my services from my website. I've considered this a few times myself, actually. Have you? They were able to choose if they wanted to pay a 50% deposit or the full amount. I saw this on another designer's website and I thought I'd try it out, the shop feature. So a week later, I got my first website order for one of my branding services. My gut was telling me this wouldn't work out from the form details, but I completely ignored it because I was so excited and thought it would be a good challenge. So I started the design process, everything was going well, she loved the brief, even the concepts that I sent for the logo and the mood board, etc. Then I sent the other half of the designs and asked for feedback if she liked them. And not a word. I emailed every week to follow up and still no reply for about three weeks. I sent an invoice from my website and then she responds to say that she thought she paid in full when it clearly said deposit. It was a whole mess. I never got paid and the designs are just sitting in my creative cloud. I have since changed my website layout and got rid of the shop feature lol. Lesson, listen to your gut. Well, I do you know what? I've never heard of doing that kind of process of like adding that to your services, but I guess you've definitely learned from that because the yeah. thing that I kind of like doing is sort of like getting to know the client before I take them Me on too. so that I can just get that feeling because I think as a designer like you know what they're kind of going to be like mm. and maybe like adding that shop feature you just you just don't know so but and I was actually talking about this on a live the other day mm. sometimes you try things in business and they just don't work and 100%. that's fine yeah you've given it a go and you've it didn't it. work at least now you know and you know what it's better to do that than to not try and do these things at all yes. because that's where you learn I'd rather be that type of person that just went for it and failed exactly. rather than just not even bothering because you're not going to get anywhere by doing that And I think since Abby and I started this podcast in like, what was it? Like March 2021. We have changed our process. So much. And pricing. (laughs) So so much. much. Not only from just kind of learning from each other, learning from other guests on the podcast and generally other people we've spoken to, doing courses and things like that. You know, we're all on this journey together. Um, We're all constantly changing things and changing our process. And I mean... The amount of things that I do differently now, like I never even used to do calls with my clients. And that is like a big thing. I refuse to take on a client if they refuse to do a call nowadays. I just won't do it. And I think making sure that, you know, you're turning down these projects that you don't feel are right for you is so important. Yeah, definitely. I think the thing as well, I know you you were on about our sort of process is changing. Yeah. I think the scary thing for me is, me, well, I know for me, is that a lot of designers kind of look up to me and you. Yeah. And the thing that they don't see is the struggles and like the mm-hmm. things that we're still going through now. Like me and Katie aren't perfect. Like we are still oh, learning no. literally every single day and there's still mistakes that we're making to this very day. So do not be afraid to 
go and make those mistakes because they do shape you as a person. Abby and I are no better than you. We might have a few followers on Instagram, but that means nothing. That means nothing, yeah. It means nothing. It just means that we have a few more people keeping their eye on us, seeing what we're (laughs) What we're doing. We're probably working with the same amount of clients, charging a similar amount of money, going through the same struggles as any other designer. And it's really important to remember that, like, you know... As I've mentioned a million times before, I've had my fair share of nightmare clients. Yeah. I've had um, an even bigger share of amazing clients who I would, you know, love the opportunity to work with again if it came up. But I do also have these complete nightmare clients, which is why yeah. it's so important that we talk about it's these It's a journey. It's a process exactly. and things like that happen. But just remember that no one is perfect. And if you get anything from this, go and just go for it because making mistakes is as you've shaped me as a person. I often get asked what my biggest piece of advice is that I would give another designer. And I say the same answer every time, which is just do it. Yeah, don't hold Stop waiting (laughs) for your branding to be perfect. Yeah. Stop waiting for you to get that first client. Just put yourself out there. Yeah. And as I was saying before, just because you're a beginner doesn't mean you can't position yourself as an expert. No. Like, if you go into it and say, I'm a beginner, you're going to get beginner situations. You're going to be charging beginner prices. You're going to be getting nightmare clients. (laughs) (laughs) Go into it with that mindset of, yes, I'm a successful designer. I am a brand designer. I was saying the other day, I I always used to get imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. because I was obviously doing my business at the same time as uni. And I hated calling myself a business owner and a branding designer because I was like, how can I call myself a branding designer when I haven't graduated yet? Yeah. But look where it got me. I was calling myself a brand strategist, a brand designer, and I've managed to, you know, grow my business before I even graduated. So if there's one lesson to learn there, it's stop waiting Just call yourself a professional brand designer. Just charge those prices. Nobody else is going to know that you're a beginner. This one is called Creative in Spirit. I once had a client that came to us for branding. It was a favour of the director's friend. Never a good sign. She was a nightmare from start to finish and saying that the wrong tone of purple, and it wasn't spiritually correct. What? But her business giving therapy to horses through spiritual readings was a hard one to get our head around. Long story short, she got to the final logo stages, and at the time that we had an office of around 10, she came into the office unannounced and asked for a print out of each logo version so that she could ask the spirits what they thought. She proceeded to grab the printouts from my boss at the time, holding one in both hands with her eyes closed, rocking backwards and forwards. Depending on how far she rocked, she could tell if the logo was right. So she stood in the middle of this full office, rocking to the beat of the logo, and that's how she made her choice, and then left. I just wish my boss handed her the same logo twice, and she rocked differently. (laughs) Anyways, the brand progressed, the director's friend and her split up because she was too high-maintenance. Shock. I mean, each to their own. I'm not gonna like slate someone for. Everybody has their own processes, don't they? But wow, I mean, the thing that I story. The thing (laughs) that I would take from that is, as a designer, I think the 
client and the business has to work for you mm-hmm. as well. So if that, if what the client does, I don't know what, a good example, but if the client isn't in the business, isn't in line with you, I think it's just really hard yeah. to design for a brand that you don't necessarily like. Or... Like, don't get me wrong, there are so many designers out there that specialise in kind of spiritual yeah. brands, and I think they're called, like, woo-woo brands. Okay. Right. Um, it's kind of like the supernatural. Like, there is, there are actually quite a few designers out there that specialise in that. Yeah. So, you know, maybe find a few of them, direct those specific yeah. clients That's... to those people. Because, you know, everybody's going to have their different, you know, ideas. Like, I would never, ever, ever work with, like, a tech or IT company. But that might be somebody else's dream client. So, again, you get an inquiry through your door and you see that it's for a project that kind of makes you want to roll your eyes. You tell them no. That's the thing. Like, I'll get inquiries and... If the business sounds fun and it's a bit of me, I get so much more excited because I'm like, oh my God, like that's a dream business or like it just sounds incredible. But if it's something more like, I don't know, more of like a masculine brand because I don't really work with that kind of style, it's Mm -hmm. a bit more like, "Mm, I don't think this is going to kind of work. And I promise you, turning down inquiries isn't going to mean that you're not going to get clients. Like I turn down at least 50% of my inquiries. Um either because they're not the right business for me or because they're a red flag or because their budget is like $100. Yeah. Um, you know, I turn them away. But I'm still fully booked <laughs> because, as I've mentioned, I've managed to raise my prices, which now means that rather than working with four clients a month, I'm working with one. And it's just allowed me to be so much more selective about yeah. the kinds of people that I'm working with. So I do promise you that if you do turn down these clients, it's the first step to having fully booked dream client projects yeah because you're only taking what you want to do yeah I think it's good to know as well though like don't get us like we're on what are we year and a half now of our journey of freelancing I'm about two years yeah about year and a half when I first started I literally took every single inquiry like I I remember I think I had like 20 clients in a month and it was just like short little logos that I was bashing out but I would take on any single brand but I Mm -hmm. literally felt like I did not have a clue what my design style was because I was just working with absolutely everyone. So as soon as you start sort of figuring out your design style, figuring out the clients and the businesses that you like to sort of work with, that's when you start to shape yourself as a designer because you start to understand, oh, that brand or that business gets me excited. I want to do, I want to work more with them. So I think it is good working with loads of businesses at the start because that does help you figure out exactly what Mm -hmm. designer and design style you want to go for but there's no shame in turning down projects no there's not no definitely even if it means that you don't have a client for the upcoming month or whatever like work on a load of passion projects yeah we say this a lot like if you don't have clients that is the time to figure out what businesses and design style you like Mm -hmm. and bash those passion projects out because they helped us so much and get yourself some passive income so that you're not having like a loss in your business that month yeah like I know that if I was to not take on clients for a month I would still be earning a decent amount for me to be able to live if that makes sense um off of my passive income so that's really important but I feel like we're going off on a bit of a tangent (laughs) now but all just like do not worry if you don't have the upcoming clients it's it's so much better to 
be not working with clients than working with one that causes you an insane amount of stress, which I feel like has been the running theme throughout yeah. today's <laughs> stories. <laughs> So that is everything we have time for today. I feel like we've got through a lot of stories and I hope that you guys have enjoyed this. Please continue submitting your stories because we want to get me back on. <laughs> yeah, but we will we will do another one of these episodes because I think they're just my absolute favourite to record. I don't yeah. know about you, Abby. They just, they crack me up. I just find it, and it's so nice to be able to like be like, yes, that's happened to me as well. Relate to it. You're not. We're not <laughs> exactly. alone in this industry. That's what I like. So head over to at off air pod on Instagram. Give us a cheeky follow. Click on the link in our bio. Submit your stories, and you might be in with a chance of being read out on the next nightmare client episode story but I just want to go back to the beginning point that is we're not trying to shame clients we're not trying to disrespect anybody we just all go through these experiences and it's so important to talk about them um because if we didn't talk about them everybody would think that this is easy I think it's it's, it's a bit like Instagram as well like you only see the best of people don't you so it's nice to talk about these hard times and the nightmares that the nightmare client stories that we've been through because if you have been through those nightmare clients then you're not alone like other people go through them so I think it's really good to talk about the negatives as well as the positives exactly so make sure to go and give Abby a follow on Instagram go and listen to season one if you haven't yet because Abby is most definitely featured way more on those (laughs) um and we will see you next week with another juicy episode (laughs) 